Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, do you think we see a deal involving, say, Dylan Cease? Real quick, 30 seconds. I don't. I believe okay. he's going to be a trade more at the trade deadline, Robert. I think that this, though, establishes the floor for Cease because Cease, two years as compared to mm. one year for Corbin Burns. Mullay and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6 7 to the score. That was John Morosi. With his quick reaction after uh, after learning that uh, that the Orioles had jumped on uh, Corbin Bernstein. I love John Morosi. He is excellent, and the insight is always on point. But I would quibble only a little bit here. Right now, it's two years of Dylan Cease. Exactly. At the trade deadline, it's a different equation. Yes. So it'd be a year and a half, a season and a half. But he, it's going for it and then getting it, it next. Yes. It might. You're right. be, yes. You're, you're right. It might be this season is a, is is the if you're going to go all in to win a division, a pennant, a World Series, and that's what you're going to do at the trade deadline. But it's still, you're only going to get Dylan Cease for a season and a half if you wait until July. Right. If you make the deal now. You get him for two years. Yeah, and I think that way maybe does the price go down See. at the deadline or does it, or can you get the same because a team is desperate and more likely to say, well, you know what, it's worth it. Kind of like you are. Everyone can relate to that feeling. Well, I really want, I really want that suit. I really want that car. I really want that steak. And you're going to spend impulsively. And there are going to be teams that are going to spend impulsively at the deadline, maybe more likely than they are going to do that now. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, um, I think that when you when you think about Corbin Burns on Baltimore, how much better are they? How much, you know, could they still be the team that wants to make a move at the trade deadline? I, I mean, it's a reach, but, you know, we heard – Atlanta, we tried, but it's too expensive. Uh, could they be a team that's that's on the verge of something? They've got a lot of ex Sox there now. Braves went out and got Chris Sale. I, not that it was Chris Sale or Dylan Cease. No. But certainly it was cheaper. They, they got the cheaper didn't version. They, didn't they end up signing um, Ronaldo? And, um, yeah. He's supposed to be a starter for them, didn't they? Who, where did uh, Giolito go? Is that where he landed? I keep I, I keep getting my offseason uh, confused. There are there are scenarios that obviously you can look at in the Braves, a team like that that's always going to be in contention would be interested. There are always going to be situations where you could envision, you know, teams that you don't 
expect to be involved right now may may have their interest peaked because of things that happen, injuries that occur. But right now, the Braves are out of it. Lucas Giolito's with the Boston Red Sox. Oh, that's right. He signed with the that's Red Sox. He replaced yes. Chris Sale in their rotation. That's why. Essentially, that's right. yeah. I knew there was a connect there. That was pretty funny. Uh, let's get to the phone lines. Mike's in Orland, Orland, Orland Park. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, you know whether they trade Cease or not, and they will. What what confidence or hope do we have of Chris Getz? doing anything because he's done nothing all we heard about when he was hired is all three levels are going to play the same kind of baseball what is that air air laden baseball he he, and you can't tell me he hasn't had a a say in the players they've drafted over the years since he's been in the organization because he was in the minors he was in charge so so what makes you think they're going to even evaluate the players that get back for cease that are going to be quality players because Chris Getz has done nothing. Well, Mike, first, lay off David's guy. He got a good relationship. Second. Um, I'm just, they, just going to chuckle they, through that. It's okay. Okay, I, good. It was no, meant no, that's for okay. you to do. That's okay. Uh, they, they, um, they got rid of Rick, and they got rid of Kenny. And I don't know that I ever thought that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think we started speculating on some of the ideas or they could hire this guy or this guy or maybe they get some of this. And then they ended up promoting uh, Chris Getz, which I, I would imagine they wanted to do all along. And, and his, one of his greatest um, traits was proximity to the owner. And he came with Tony La Russa's uh, uh, appeal, right, his, uh, his approval, his stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I – I don't know. Well, I mean, there was part of me look, that was like it was just good that they made a move, but now I don't know. I don't know. Firing Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn felt like the beginning of a new day. Yes. On the south side at 35th and Shields because it was something that, frankly, we didn't think Jerry Reinsdorf was capable of doing. The insular chairman sure. and all of the things that have associated with the White Sox that they basically were never going to do that. Then they did it. And what happened was, to me, we thought ambitiously. You thought big and bold because that's what we do here. That's why we're here, hold people accountable and to pose these scenarios and to dream maybe impossible dreams at times. Theo Epstein was one of those impossible dreams. Big names were associated with the successors or the replacements for Kenny and Rick. And then they went down the hallway and they got Chris Getz. That was always going to be something he's up against. If I'm guilty of anything when it comes to Chris Getz, I'm trying to keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. This is his first offseason. He's saddled to some degree because of the an ownership group, a chairman that has never written a $100 million contract. So he's not going to go out and be a big spender. It is contradictory that you have somebody who was in charge of player development getting promoted in an organization where players haven't developed. I get the cynicism and the skepticism and the doubt. But let's wait and see how he handles this. This first season, he's got to unload some assets. Dylan Seats is at the top of the list. Uh, Tom, Tom, excuse me, Tommy is in Maryville, Indiana. Hey, Tommy. Hey, Tommy. Good morning, Tommy. We lost Tommy. Bye, Tommy. Rick is in Bloomington. Hi, Rick. I'm sorry, it's Nick. Your name was cut off. What's up, Nick? 
Hey, Molly, how are you? Good. I'm coming to your defense from that previous caller that was stating that Chris Getz does not need to trade Dylan Cease. Yes, he does. He has two years of control left on his contract. The Sox are notoriously cheap. The highest free agent they've ever signed is 76 or $78 million, which is the outfielder they got, Ben Attendee. I mean, this, this is coming from an owner that was paying Michael Jordan in his prime one-year contracts because he was too cheap to pay him on a long-term contract, and the poor guy had to make his money from Nike and Gatorade and his endorsements. So, yes, Chris poor guy. needs to trade <laughs> this guy. guy immediately and restock this underwhelming roster and this underwhelming farm system. So, yes, he does. Um. I agree they have to restart, restock the farm system. Did you see when, uh, I think it was MLB, uh, there, it might have been um, Baseball America, whatever the list was of their top players, like 30% of them had just arrived. So it's not like they've had this deep system where guys are now moving up and no, the it's guys a lot of the guys that came in. It's what they that, did at the yes, trade deadline. Yes. They got the catcher from Houston. They've got right. guys from other organizations. That's essentially what the Cubs did. PCA came from the Mets, right? right? Yep. You, you trade for prospects because that's how you rebuild. You and, make those deals to kind of replenish your farm system. Uh, and you want your farm system to be there to kind of um, not only – give you players as they produce, but also the Cubs, what they did when they got the farm system up and running under Theo, they used a lot of those guys to bring in players that ended up winning a World Series. It's your savings account. Uh-huh. It's, you dip into it when you need to make big expenditures, and that's why you want to keep it, you know, keep filling it, keep adding to it, keep making it so you can go to it when you need the capital. Mm-hmm. And the Sox are building some capital. They've got some good prospects. Do they have what the Cubs have? No, but the Cubs had to purge legends. They had to trade those guys to replenish their farm system. So now they have arguably the best in baseball. They have more prospects in the top 100, according to MLB Pipeline, than any team in baseball. That's what the Cubs did. And some of those guys came via trade. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Michael Jordan has more money than Jerry Reinsdorf. Poor guy. I think he's worth more Poor guy. now than Jerry is. Those one-year contracts really saddled him. Perry is listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, Perry. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good to talk to you again. Um, hey, on the Bulls, you know, the point of um, when AK got here, they want to win championships. That should be the goal. And what he's done is he went from taking a team that was dreadful to a team now that's mediocre at best. His, his moves did not make them a contender, potential contender. They made them mediocre. And his first mistake was the Vucevic, two for one, and get rid of Carter. That was a, that was a mistake. Um, his next mistake was he let marketing go. That proved to be a mistake. The next mistake was, what did he do then? He signs Ball. And we all know Ball had some injuries before they signed him, so that was – a red flag was a potential red flag there. Then the colossal mistake was Patrick Williams, and he has the gall to come on your show and tell the fan base, I like that pick. Either he's lying or he's just clueless on talent. And then Levine, this one really got me. 
They could have traded Levine before the max contract. How many times did you, me, Dustin, have to see this guy complaining on the offensive end on a call while he's playing defense on the other end of the court? That is not the sign of a character of a max player. So that was a mistake. No matter how you cut it, he could have got rid of him before the trade deadline when he was younger and scoring a lot. So now they're in basketball hell, and there's no way they're getting any better to contend until it's all broken apart. And, of course, Kobe White has to show he can do something because other guys get hurt. I'm done. Sorry for venting, but that's just how it is. Thanks, Perry. Thanks, Perry. There's a lot there. And, yeah, um, quite a bit. And I think uh, you feel pretty good um, about where they're not at right now. I think you don't feel like this. He described them in basketball hell. You know, they, they're loaded up. They don't have a lot of uh, wiggle room, um, and they don't have a lot of draft picks. That is basketball hell. And they are mediocre, so even if they have their picks, they're, they're in the middle of the draft. It's not – you know, you, if you have a player, if you get lucky with a player, then you got a chance to, to prop up wow. a team. They did at one point look like they were playing really good basketball, and then Lonzo Ball got hurt. So I understand why you would be frustrated and why you would uh, uh, want to go after AK. That it can't paralyze work. a franchise the way it, it did, though. Work. That's it a did. problem. It, it sort of put the everything on hold and it held captive everybody seemingly because they were afraid to make a move because it kept waiting and waiting and waiting. Arturis Karnaschovas yeah. came to town, and I think that there was an expectation that he was going to be a little bolder than he has been maybe a little bit more aggressive than he has been. I was surprised last offseason when they did nothing, essentially, and they decided to run it back. They made calculated moves to bring in Torrey Craig, and you, you, you look at some other isolated situations that were to get perimeter shooting. But right. I but, don't think that it was the big move that everybody was waiting for. You look around the league, and that's how teams yeah. get better. But didn't they, didn't they because of – of where they were at, couldn't they, weren't they limited in the big moves they can make? And and I would argue, and I don't know how you feel about it, that Zach Levine, they've gotten a little bit of interest from one team, which was Detroit about a week ago. We'll talk to Pacey uh, about this cool. in a little bit. But um, they, like, they're not going to move them just to move them. Why not? Well, I think he's that, not happy it, here. He doesn't want to be here. He hasn't worked. Financially, I think they're probably looking for a deal that is acceptable as much as anything at this point, given what's left in that contract. And and you're right in terms of, you know, when you look at last last offseason, there were some things that were maybe difficult to move contractually, but adding Javon Carter and Torrey Craig was uh, an acknowledgement that you believe that you could win with the core as it existed. And I just don't know if that was a – Wise calculation. They're they're hovering around the play-in spot just the way they were a year ago. Other teams find ways to creatively move contracts. They brought Vucevic back mm. on purpose. You know, he was they, they gave him a, a contract to come back. I I think you could understand it, but they haven't taken that next step. No. They have had injuries. They've had players that have maybe improved, but Io Desunmu's development. Uh, Julian Phillips' development, that's not going to be enough to say, okay, this season has been 
you know, th- those are bright spots that, that are enough to outweigh the other stuff that's happened. They just haven't made progress, and other teams in the Eastern Conference have. But I think what the caller, one of the frustrations, and, and it's, um, it, it's the reality that their plan for the 2024 deadline, which is on February 8th, right? We were six days away mm-hmm. from the 2 p.m. deadline in Chicago. Next Thursday. Yes. The plan is what? The plan is to do nothing? The plan is, well, we're kind of locked and we can't really do anything. It doesn't feel like there is a reasonable plan. I mean, okay, if you wanted to uh, listen to offers for Alex Caruso, you could do that. What would that be? I mean, how is that going to make you better in a year? Is that going to get you... Uh, the kind of uh, of relief that that you need, I I, I don't it, know. It would have to be part, or it would have to be in concert with other moves. I think if you trade Alex Caruso and keep everybody else, is it's kind of a contradictory message. If you are keeping everybody else, it says that you are going to try to make the most out of this season, whatever it becomes. You are stuck in NBA purgatory, mm-hmm. and you may be having to settle for a play-in round and and a first-round series, and that is your best-case scenario. But that's if you keep everybody. And if you're going to chase that modest goal, you shouldn't trade Alex Caruso. (laughs) You dismantle in the offseason. You don't dismantle now. Exactly. Because you're only going to get, you know, pieces. And if you're going to take him away from the equation, you might as well blow it up. And I don't think that they're in a position where they feel like they're ready to blow it up. And I'm I'm sure – well, I mean, but – so we're going to keep going like this until when? Until DeMar DeRozan leaves in free agency? Is that the idea? I think that they're probably going to get to the end of the season. And at this point in time, as we sit here on Friday morning getting ready to talk to Casey Johnson to see what he thinks. But I would be surprised if the Bulls are active before the trade deadline. I think they are going to continue to be on brand and and in sync with every, every other decision they have made since last offseason. They're bringing everybody back. They're going to finish the season as they started it, and I'd be surprised if they traded Zach Levine. I'd be surprised if they make any big moves. I totally agree, and we'll talk to KC next, and we'll we'll ask him. I mean, but if you can't make any moves, are you bringing this group back in Moss because you don't really have any other choice, or would you like that? I mean, they're, they're not going to get I I have a hard time – Imagine imagining them able to get blue chip prospects or draft capital with the deals they could make right now. That's the problem. That's what's holding you up. And it, and it, frankly, I felt exactly the same way a year ago. And now the Bulls are what? They're tied with the Washington Wizards. You know, for the though, last plans. You know, spot? NBA trades are different in that. You don't look for like the baseball equivalent of prospects in the football. No. You don't look for the equivalent of draft picks in in the NBA. It's kind of unloading contracts and trying to match star for star or disgruntled player is going to come to your franchise and flourish. See, Michael Oladipo got dealt again. I saw that. You know, yeah. he gets traded again. He's been well traveled and well injured, often yeah. injured. Wow. So. These trades tend to be player for player rather than player for draft pick or prospect. 
Totally true. 312-644-6767. KC will join us next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. C. Johnson. Kobe White pull up three over Karis LeVert and nails it. Bulls insider for NBC Sports Chicago. Give me that song. Covering everything from the dynasty to Derek to DeMar. K.C. Johnson. I've covered the NBA for a long time. With Mully and Haw. Most. On 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always a delight to talk to our guy, Casey Johnson. Does great work with NBC Sports Chicago. And he joins us on the score hotline presented by Circa Sports Illinois. Hey, Casey, how are you? Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing well. You know, we're, we were just talking about the Bulls and the trade deadline. And, you know, I know everyone has their fantasies about how you – change your team and how you put it together. Increasingly, though, it's going to be difficult yet again for the Bulls to get anything done of major significance. They can make some moves, but nothing like what we hear people fantasize about. I had him for 43 wins. I obviously wasn't expecting a 5-14 and 14 start, so right. I had him right around 500. Um, you know, injuries have piled up now. Their schedule – is not incredibly challenging right now, so they have an opportunity. And, and the East is just – it's coming back to them. I mean, Orlando's dropping. Miami's dropping. Um, so the East is not great other than, you know, the top the top heavy teams. So um, that's kind of – you heard that in, you know, management's vision in the offseason was a parity fill the East, add some solid veterans and Javon Carter and Torrey Craig. Um tweak the offensive philosophy to maximize the big three. That was kind of the approach that that's what they thought was going to happen this season. You know, for all the talk about the improved offensive play, and it has been better since they've started playing better. um, You know, they're still 22nd, 23rd ranked offense. That's where they were last season. So 
Um, it hasn't really worked and it hasn't happened. And fans are clamoring for change because they kind of see this team as a ceiling. And I think the Bulls are trying to enact change. Uh, I don't think. I know they're trying to enact change. I mean, Jack has been on the market for a while. So, um, like I said, it takes two teams to make a deal. And I just keep stressing this. There's a lot of time. I mean, we're talking Friday and people are getting frustrated. Six days is a lot of time uh, when you come to trade deadline season. Now, I'm not saying that's definitely going to lead to a move. I'm just saying there's, there's a lot of time still for something to happen. So, we'll just see where it goes. See, Casey, I, I think that you say, and correctly, that you look at the magic and the heat, they're coming back a little bit, and they're 25 and 23. I look at the Eastern Conference, and yeah, it's different at the top, but I wonder, how did the Pacers get by the Bulls? How are the magic better than the Bulls? Why are the Knicks so much better than the Bulls? Look at the Cavs, goodness sakes. You've got four teams that just not that long ago, you looked at the Bulls were ahead of, and now they're not. And we're accepting that. And I wonder if we should be so easy to accept that. Well, I don't – I mean, the fan, the the stuff I hear, fans aren't accepting it. Fans are angry. I mean, fans are tired of being uh, in, in NBA hell. That's the phrase I keep seeing in, in my stuff, emails, Twitter, all that stuff. I mean, it's pretty obvious the Bulls are stuck in the middle. And, you know, those of us who cover the team have been talking about this for a while. I remember being in the trade – in, in – uh, Brooklyn for the trade deadline last year and then writing basically the same stuff I'm writing now. I mean, yeah. that we can see the ceiling for this team. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's odd because if you look on paper, I mean, DeMar's scoring's down, but so is his usage. I mean, he's having another solid season. He's not quite shooting as elite as he did the last two seasons. He shot over 50% the last two seasons. Um, you know, Vooch uh, is obviously really struggling from the three-point line, but, you know, he's averaging a double-double and having another pretty solid season. I mean, Zach is the one. I mean, Zach has had a season that's just not up to his standards. Now, obviously, he's played hurt and been hurt most of the season. Um, but that's where you start, right there. I mean, those three guys are supposed to be, you know, impacting winning and it's just it's just not happening and and we all saw that start i mean that five and 14 start we've talked about it many times it, it was not only losing but it was bad basketball so um but those teams I mean, that passed them made big moves they made signature moves that said this is what we're going to do and this is the direction we're headed and the bulls haven't been able yeah. to do that yet well, I mean, they they will point to, and I, I know fans are tired tired of hearing of this, but they will point to completely flipping the roster in you know eighteen months from the time they took the jobs in twenty twenty to um, this August of twenty twenty one when they finished the the Demar and, and Caruso acquisitions. I've always said, I mean, that team was built for a three year window. We're coming up at the end of that three year window, so. They they are trying to change this roster, and if it doesn't happen by next Thursday, I expect change to happen this off season. I know fans are tired of hearing it being kicked on the road, right? But 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 uh, you know they 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 enacted a lot of change in eighteen months, and if I, I've said this so many times, people are I don't think people are um, latching onto this and I'm not, I'm not here to defend them. I'm just explaining their philosophy. That team was built for a three-year window, 21, 22, 22, 23, 23, 24. We're still in the 23, 24 season. So we've seen them, this team kind of bang its head against the ceiling, but 
um, I've always kind of envisioned change happening, you know, at this deadline or this off season. And I think this roster will look significantly different next season. And I think that one of the things that's very interesting is you have told us that they're not interested in getting um, less than value for Zach Levine, that they, that they are not giving him away just to change things or to try to appease uh, people looking at it. And they're not looking to, to just dump salary type of deal. However, as you inch ever closer to the trade deadline, and there has not been a, a significant amount of interest. There was a rumor about Detroit, but they wanted one of their uh, four young players along with the guard in order to make a deal. Whatever it was, it, it was too much. And there's this feeling that in order to move Zach Levine, they would have to get value for it. But where is the value? I mean, it seemed like one of the bad things that happened in the uh, in the start, as you mentioned, the five and fourteen start to the season, was that you kind of lost him, and he kind of expressed that he wanted out. And they that's been going on since November. We've been talking about this. Wouldn't this just be an opportunity to move on at some point, even if they don't want to do it that way? Doesn't at some level, don't you have to change and do something and maybe understand that things aren't really in your corner, that your kind of the the position of weakness is yours, not the position of strength? Yeah. So what you're basically asking is like, will they move to a, a, a stance of uh, addition by subtraction uh, yes. by next Thursday? Yes. And that's certainly possible. But I will again urge this like, it still takes the other team to do that. So that would then involve. Detroit basically traded you uh, expiring contracts. And I have not heard that that is even something that they're for sure going to do. So, uh, again, I'm not saying it won't happen, but uh, as of now, I'm not sure that Detroit is interested in that. So um, we'll see where this goes. But um, to answer your question, I have all along thought that by next Thursday, I mean, this has just been lingering with Zach for so long. And that's where the his frustration stems from is he knows how long, you know, he's felt kind of a little bit out of favor with this, with this, with this franchise. Um, you know, last summer they've downplayed this, but the word was around the league was that Zach was pretty available and that the Bulls had kind of, reach their limit with him. And now it's come to a head even further this season. So yes, at some point you need to move off Zach Levine. We've been saying that for a while. This, this is a relationship that is headed for divorce. Um, so that certainly could happen. What you're, the scenario you paint, Molly, certainly could happen between now and Thursday. But again, it takes another team to do that. So Casey, first time since 2020, the Bulls don't have a representative at the All-Star game. Do you think that is appropriate? And will Kobe White participate in the three-point shooting contest? Uh, I would be surprised um, on on multiple levels. I mean, and this is not, no knock on Kobe, but, um, you know, he just – I don't think he quite has the the star power name recognition yet. Um, and, you know, I, I talked to Kobe. I wrote this in mid-December when we were in Miami for that two-game series against the Heat. He really values his all-star break. He's very much a small-town family guy. He loves going back to North Carolina – he, he really values that time off to spend with family and friends and kind of recharge. So I'm not sure it's a number one on his list. I mean, obviously if he were to be asked, he understands the honor and what it means for not only himself, but for the franchise. But 
Um, he's dropped to, I think, eighth in uh, uh, three-pointers made. You know, when we were talking, when, when this was all bubbling up, he was like second or third in the league in, in three-pointers made. So I'd, I'd be surprised. And as far as the no all-stars, yeah, I just, I like, you guys know me pretty well. I'm, I'm a cross T dot I kind of beat writer. So I just wrote that story. I mean, it wasn't a surprise at all, but um, <laughs> it, it was just, it was just, it was just notable. I mean, Perfunctory. Like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like notable. It's like, all right. Yeah. You had Zach make two straight. The bar can make two straight. They made one together first. And you know, that was kind of what this, this team was built on. Like, Hey, we've got all stars. Well, now you don't. So right. it's kind of reflective of where the season has gone. I feel good for Jalen Brunson, though. Local guy made good. You know, moved here when he was in sixth grade, started Stevenson, won a title at Villanova. Kind of an underrated player coming into the league, right? A second-round pick, I think the 33rd pick. And now, you know, moving to New York and following his dad's footsteps. MVP conversation. Yeah. It's It's a hell of a story. Well, everything you said there is true except for the following dad's footsteps because he's gone way past his dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I just mean having – he grew up in locker rooms, right? I mean, he he actually yes. – there, there's an element of that that maybe wasn't – and I get it. He was undersized and he wasn't thought of as, as NBA material, but, God, what a career. No, it's a great story. I've known the family for a long time. Obviously, Rick not only played here, but he coached here yeah. under, under Tom. Um, you you got to give credit to Jalen. It's funny, David mentioned the Knicks going past the Bulls. You know, I remember when Jalen signed that contract, people were killing it for being too rich. I mean, it's, it's a value deal now. I mean, that's that family's a, a work ethic family, and you can see it in Jalen. I've known him. I mean, he, he say he's grown up in locker rooms. I remember him being in the Bulls locker room. We was, like, below my waist. I mean, he he's uh, – He's he's I've known him for a long time. Um, but you're a tall a great guy. Story. Yeah. Nice yeah. guy. He'd still <laughs> take the ball off you and shoot him. Yeah, he could definitely do that. Yeah. You don't play <laughs> yeah. a lot of D, Casey. I saw that comparison no. with you and Kendall online. That was really uh, clever and fun. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> and then I I do not play any defense. <laughs> good stuff, Casey. Great stuff, Casey. Thank you, buddy. Great catching up. All right, up. guys. Have a good, Have a good one. Thanks, man. Yeah, Paul's got to do something. I'm sorry. I, I, do I want them to do something just to do something? Yes, you do. Of course, I do. absolutely. That that's where we're at with this bull season. Is there anyone who doesn't? Honestly, I I don't know anyone that is a Bulls fan that wants them to sit chilly yet again. I don't think it's that would hard work. to trade a max contract. I understand, but and, you know, make a bad deal. Uh, all right, we got uh, Joe Fortenbaugh. He's going to join us next, and we'll talk to our guy Joe Mully and Hall on the score. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score. It is our guy Joe Fortenbaugh. Bet Live Four Letter Network. You see him on ESPN, too. Well, you see him everywhere, for God's sake. And Joseph, good morning. How are you, buddy? Gentlemen, I'm well. I'm doing well. It's great to be on the show. It's that little in-betweener week, the Mm. first time we talk in months where we don't actually have any football. But we've got a little NBA tonight. We've got a little UFC tomorrow. So I come bearing picks. We'll see if they work out. I I got my face kicked in last week. So what's interesting (laughs) is I've got people all week asking, who do you like in the Super Bowl? Now, we can dive into this, and we'll give out a bunch of picks next week, and I do have a few for today. 
but I haven't done anything with the side on this game yet. I haven't done anything. I'm, I, I don't want to be overwhelmed by what I just saw from Kansas City. I don't want to be overwhelmed by what I just saw mm. from San Francisco. Have, I, I need to let it settle. And since we're not dancing around a key number, i got to wait to get the emotion out of my head so I can make a smart decision. Do you really have to watch your emotion getting in the way somebody as seasoned and as savvy and as experienced as you, Joe? That's an excellent question, and it's very well said. Thank you, David. Very, very well said. Yes, someone as savvy as me, I do, I do find myself. I mean, I'm, I'm, I went into that game. I got to be honest. I did not, and I, and in hindsight, I should have realized Baltimore in the past. You know, I, I wanted to dismiss that narrative, the right. fact that they struggle in the playoffs. Yeah. Everything was set up for them to make a lot of noise in that game, and the way they coached it, the way they executed, the way they lost their cool. Kansas City was smart. Kansas City didn't go into that game saying we need to make a thousand big plays. They basically just said, let's not make any stupid plays. Let's let Baltimore make the stupid plays and we'll win this game. And they did. So now I got to make sure I don't overrate Kansas City because prior to this coming in, I would have looked to the Niners. Market looks to the Niners. They open as a two point favorite. People right. are shocked. How can Mahomes be an underdog? But let's be honest, the market is the market. And, and I'm curious, just because a texter wants to know. So does that mean you're going to lay off the NHL All-Star game? You, you don't get five five pucks one way or another. You're not going to play the flag football game this weekend. Uh, does that mean – what about the Senior Bowl? I, I mean, there are events. I don't know that anybody would wager on them, but I'm sure some people would be obsessed enough. You tell that texter, shooters shoot. Okay, shooters shoot. And Joe Fordenball's got plenty of shots he's going to put up. So I, I've already got a few Super Bowl bets as well. I just don't have the side as of yet. I haven't figured out what I'm doing with the side, but I got some other stuff. Like I said, we got the main event for UFC tomorrow night. I got some NBA for you tonight. You let me know where you'd like to begin. Let, let's, let's go with the UFC. I'm okay. very curious because I know that will be on in my house. Okay, so it's 7 Eastern, 6 Central, main card, ESPN, you've got the it's UFC fight night, so it's an apex fight. Main event, Nasardini Amavov is taking on Roman Delize. We're gonna play the favorite here, Amavov minus one seventy in this matchup. It's one of those uh situations where it's the styles make the fight, and stylistically this is no good for Delize. They're probably gonna stand and trade for most of this fight. Imavov's going to have the edge standing. He's a more active fighter. He's a more accurate fighter. If it goes to the ground, it could favor Delizze. I see it going over two and a half rounds. And if you want to play Imavov by decision, that's not a bad play. But Imavov, the favorite, the main event, minus 170, that's going to be the play there. Hmm. I like that. And you said you had some NBA picks? I got one for you tonight. It's an interesting card. A lot of good teams in action. Unfortunately, none of them play each other. It's all good teams versus bad teams. One of the best games we do have, Kings-Pacers. Situational play here. I'll lay the two and a half with Sacramento over Indiana at Indiana. Look at the Pacers' schedule. This is their sixth game in nine nights. Sixth game in nine nights. They just played last night mm. in New York City. It came down to the wire against the Knicks. Knicks find a way to win their ninth straight. They find a way to cover what I believe was their I want to say it's their 13th of their last 15. The Knicks have been a wagon as of late. But this game favors Sacramento. Sacramento's rested. Should be a high-scoring game. Money on the over. I like the Kings because of the situation. Pacers are a great team. 
It's just six games and nine nights. Eventually, the bottom is going to fall out there. And uh, I, I like that. And what what about you said you had a couple on Saturday? I have some for the Super Bowl, some early stuff oh, for the Super Bowl. Let's if you'd go. Like. Yeah, please. Okay. Three on the Super Bowl here. Um, I'm going to start. I do like the Chiefs in the first half. Okay. Just don't even worry about the point spread. Who's going to win the first half? Chiefs are plus money. They're plus 105, plus 110. I like that value there. All right. Kansas City starts fast. They started fast against Miami. Mm-hmm. They started fast against Baltimore. They were right there with Buffalo at halftime. The Niners have started very slow, both against the Packers and the Lions. Now, more importantly, this is the big game, obviously, right? Here comes Brock Purdy. I think he's going to feel a little of those nerves early in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if Shanahan tightened up early with his play calling. Meanwhile, this is Kansas City's fourth Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. an early script, Andy Reid having two weeks to get ready. I like Kansas City in the first half. So that's definitely a bet I've already made. Two others for you. Patrick Mahomes, um, passing attempts, 37 and a half. Big number. Went way over this number last week. Went way over this number against Miami. I'm playing the under. I'm going under 37 and a half attempts. I think this game more closely resembles the Buffalo playoff game than anything else. Tightly contested with an opponent that likes to run and will be able to run. Buffalo had a lot of success running the ball in that game. As a result, Kansas City didn't run as many plays. You limit the amount of plays, you limit the amount of pass opportunities a guy's going to have in that game. So 37.5 is a big number. I think time of possession for the Chiefs is down. In that Buffalo game, they only held the ball for like 24 minutes. In the other two games, they held the ball for 34, 35 minutes. That doesn't happen when you play San Francisco. They're very good with tempo and ball control. So Mahomes under 37 and a, and a half attempts. And then finally, who's going to score the first touchdown of the game? Chiefs wide receiver Rasheed Rice is 11 to 1. All right, so if I like the Chiefs in the first half, reason stands I probably like them to score first. So I'm eliminating San Francisco from the equation. Mahomes hasn't rushed for a touchdown all season long. You can eliminate him. So it's Pacheco, the wide receivers, and Kelsey. At 11-1, to 1, I like Rasheed Rice. Charvarius Ward, the top corner for the Niners. He lines up primarily on the right side of the field. So if you're the Chiefs, send Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Justin Watson over there, right? Get a favorable matchup with Rice on the other side against the lesser cornerback. That's what you're going to do. Free him up. 11-1 to 1, Rasheed Rice to score the first touchdown. Quickly, Joe, you know Harbaugh from your days by the bay, the fine work you did out there. What does his presence with the Chargers do to their win total next year? Too early? He's a winner. They're going to be better. But here's the thing. Everybody loves the hire. Everybody's hyping up the hire. The bookmakers know that. The bookmakers have factored that into the line. I would be looking to probably play the under or um, bet against them. Maybe no playoffs. Main reason is this. Look at the salary cap problem. Huge issue. On top of that, Bosa's always injured. Uh, Mike Williams is always injured. Keenan Allen's old. Uh, Austin Eckler is headed for free agency. The defense has been terrible the last five years. Harbaugh's a great coach, and he's going to shape him up. But there's a lot of problems this team has this offseason. Joe, you're the best. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Joe. I can't wait for next week, fellas. Stay patient, Chicago. I love you. We're going to unload a bunch of props next week. Maybe we get 100 in during this hit next Friday. (laughs) Now now you're talking great stuff, Joseph. Oh, yeah. That is the best hit of the year. Don't you think, Dustino, when we're just going through all these pages and pages of props? Might need two pencils. Oh, gosh. And a legal pad. Sharpen them both. It's Mully and Haw. We've got uh, uh, we've got your calls next. Uh, 
312-644-6767, Chicago Sports Radio, 670. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.